Hi everyone, today we're going to do a spiritual health check using Psalm 37. Now, Psalm 37 is known as a wisdom psalm written by David. The context was that whilst God's people were in the promised land, such was the evil and pressure around them that they wanted to give up and leave. Maybe you feel like giving up right now. And this psalm gives wise advice on how to live in such a way that we don't give up on the blessings that God has given you and me. Now, Psalm 37 is an acrostic poem. That means that each paragraph begins with successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters in all in Hebrew, so there are 22 paragraphs. And right now we're going to look at the second and third paragraphs. These verses provide us with a, a sort of framework or a, a checkup of our faith to maintain long-term spiritual health and to help us to persevere and keep going. So let's be honest and allow this psalm to speak to us about where we might need to put a little bit of attention in our spiritual well-being. So I'm gonna to read to you from Psalm 37, verses three to six. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. In these few verses, we sort of see uh, four Ds, four Ds by which we can check how we're doing spiritually and our health. What are they? Well, the first one is this do. Verse three says, trust in the Lord and do good. It's easy to be busy, isn't it? In fact, being busy is often worn as a badge of importance or significance. And we can rush around doing, doing, doing. But the important thing to ask ourselves is this, are we doing the right things? The command is to do good. In Romans 12, 21, it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we often think that we need to have like some big meta plan for our lives and focus on the big ideas or goals. I mean, that's good. But the real value of life, the most important things that we can do are those little acts of kindness and goodness that we can choose to do each day. So for example, we can help out a neighbor or smile at a stranger or cook for a friend going through a tough time or listen to someone over a coffee or allow someone to cut in front of you on the highway when no one else is giving way. Okay, maybe that's going a bit too far. Or we can go the extra mile for a work colleague. I love what the leadership guru, John Maxwell says. He says, success is about you. Significance is about other people. We want to live lives of significance. When our uh, eldest boy was really young, he had very bad asthma and would often have asthma attacks and end up rushing him into hospital. And I remember this one time he'd had a really uh, bad asthma attack. It was touch and go, but we managed to get him into emergency in, in the hospital. 
At which point, our friend Bill turned up. He simply turned up to sit with us by the bedside and he brought us a hot chocolate. And every time we ended up back in hospital, who would turn up but Bill? Now, Bill's done a lot of amazing things in his life. He's a pastor, he's a counselor, he's written books. But for us, the most important thing he's ever done were those little acts of kindness, of just showing up when we needed it. Is the Lord asking you to reassess today the things that you're doing? Are you doing good? Don't give up. Keep going. Trust in the Lord. And the key to being able to do good is being able to stop or say no to the stuff that gets in the way. You know, when we ask ourselves, what should we be doing? We must also ask ourselves, what should we be stopping? You know, just as the urgent can get in the way of the important, so the seemingly important can get in the way of the truly good. The first thing to ask ourselves is, are we doing the right things? Do. The second D is dwell. The verse continues. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Often what the land represents in the old covenant is fulfilled by Jesus and in Jesus in the new covenant. So do we dwell in his presence, in the presence of God? Do you spend time with Jesus in his presence, in prayer, in rest, in reading the Bible? in worship, in fellowship with other disciples. And when we do that, we enjoy safe pasture. He will bring you to a place of replenishment. In Psalm 4 verse 8, it says, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I remember one alpha small group that I was helping lead one of the uh, members in that, one of the people in my my alpha small group um, shared how they were struggling with sleep apnea. That's a condition whereby um, you struggle to breathe when you're deep asleep and it can be quite dangerous. And what it meant was that when they went to bed, they were going to bed very fearful. So we prayed for them to be healed in the name of Jesus. And I I remember we quoted that verse, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And that was a couple of years ago now. And and that person in the small group, they're still in our church and they've been completely healed of sleep apnea. They never had it again after that prayer. Jesus indeed helps them dwell in safety. Jesus himself referenced Psalm 37 in the Beatitudes in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Psalm 37, later on in verse 11, says, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. But Jesus takes it even further in Matthew 5 verse 5, saying the meek will inherit the earth, all of it. In other words, we inherit everything in Jesus. Is the Lord prompting you to spend more time with him. We often need to retreat 
to advance. No amount of time marching for the Lord makes up for time dwelling in his presence. And verse 7 says, of Psalm 37 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And my sense as I was preparing this message is that someone watching this right now is in a season of waiting. Be still. Dwell in his presence. The waiting might feel like frustration or even procrastination, but actually it's preparation. Trust him and dwell in his presence. And you can often tell, I think, when you meet somebody who has spent a lot of time in the presence of Jesus. It's somehow obvious in their whole demeanor and it draws you to them. I remember years ago, I was um, on a train traveling through the Gobi Desert that goes right the way through Central Asia. And I was sitting there and the train was packed. And this guy came sort of walking as if to go past me down the aisle of the train. And he suddenly stopped and he looked at me and I looked at him. And as I looked in his eyes, I just knew he was a Christian. Somehow, I'd never met him before, but I just knew that, wow, here is a person who has spent time with Jesus. You could tell. And hopefully he was thinking the same because he sat down and after a very, very brief exchange, he pulled out of his bag and said, I think God wants me to give you this. And it was a copy of Luke's gospel in the local language. Then he said goodbye and went. Never saw him again. What he didn't know is I was on my way to teach English at a college. And one day whilst I was there, there was a knock on the staff room door. And uh, I opened it and two students were standing there. And they came in and it was just no one else around. And one of those students told me how that night beforehand, she'd had a dream. And in that dream, a man appeared and introduced himself as Jesus. She'd never heard the name Jesus. But in that dream, Jesus told her, go and speak to your new teacher about me. So that's why she was there with her friend. So we were able to talk about Jesus. And then I prayed with them. And tears flowed. The Holy Spirit came. But then, of course, I remembered ah, Luke's gospel that that man on the train had given me. So I pulled it out of my bag and gave it to them as a gift, a gift of life. He had spent time dwelling with Christ and so knew exactly what to do in that moment when he'd met me. Do you need to do a bit more doing or do you need to do a bit more dwelling? The third sort of health check item we see in this psalm. The third D stands for delight. Verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, it's not just about spending time in his presence, but enjoying it, not out of duty, but delight. Return to your first love. 
in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. Jesus, in his letter to the church in Ephesus at the start of Revelation, says, you have forsaken your first love. Delight in him. Psalm 111 verse 2 says, great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Notice here in Psalm 37 that the promise of God in verse 4 is that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Huh? Why? Well, because the more we dwell in him, the more we delight in him, the more that our heart, our desires begin to align with his heart and his desires. And the Lord then fulfills them in and through our lives. In 2 Corinthians 3.3, Paul writes that the Corinthians are like a letter from Christ, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So let your heart be a tablet on which Jesus writes his desires by his Holy Spirit for his world as you delight in him and his presence. I'm married to Sarah, and you know, if you meet Sarah, you'll know she's a very typical English woman. She loves the English countryside. She's never happier than when she's in the countryside in England. And yet you wouldn't necessarily know that if you found out about her life. When she left university, she went as a missionary, first of all to Togo in West Africa. Then she served in South Africa. She's done lots of other um, missions trips as well to, to India. Uh, she's been to Pakistan serving. And of course, when we were discerning whether or not we should move to Malaysia, we were praying, Lord, do you want us to go there? Make it clear. And one night the Lord gave Sarah a dream. And in that dream, she was in a boat on the sea with the disciples. And then suddenly there was Jesus walking on the water. And of course, as we know from scripture, Jesus says, it is I, you know, come. And Peter got out of the boat. And as he did, Sarah got out of the boat. And then she woke up and she said, Miles, I think I, the Lord's spoken. We need to go to Malaysia. Why? Because as she delights in the Lord, she wanted to follow Jesus. She wanted to walk towards and with Jesus. Hence, her heart has always followed his plans for her life. You see, we are to delight ourselves in him. Do you need to pray into that? And then the fourth and final D, the sort of final part of the health check is this. It's discern. Are you facing a, partic a particular specific decision? Do you need wisdom? Or are you just wondering if your life is heading in the right direction? Do you have this vague worry that you're just drifting along and you want some clarity of direction and discernment? You know, when people need clarity or they have a decision to make, if I pray with them, I'll often pray verse five from Psalm 37. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, 
and he will act. Now, the word commit here in Hebrew, in which it's written, also means to roll away. And in Joshua 5, verse 9, God says to, the, to his people through Joshua, he says, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. I've rolled away the disappointment of being in Egypt from you. And it says, and, it, and they called that place where God spoke, Gilgal. Because this Hebrew word for commit or to roll away sounds like Gilgal. You see, as we commit the decision to the Lord that we're wrestling with, that we have to make, and as we trust in him, believing that he will act and make a way where you can't currently see a way, then the Lord rolls away the weight of the stress of the decision from us. I mean, think about it. The stress of the question, what happens when we die? Well, that has been rolled away from us when the Lord rolled away the stone from the entrance of the tomb that first Easter Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead. You know, in your uncertainty about a decision, you can, you can commit your way to the Lord, trusting in him, and he will roll away the burden, the worry, the reproach, the regrets, the disappointment, and he will act. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. You'll be vindicated in your decision. Uh, a friend of mine, Melissa, um, uh, wanted to see the work of Alpha, the Alpha course, really grow in Pakistan. But she didn't really know what to do. So she prayed about it. And then what happened was quite extraordinary. A woman, a Pakistani woman, without us knowing, had moved to Canada. And there, somehow, through a series of events, met the leader of the Alpha Canada team. The Alpha Canada team then reached out to me and said, I don't suppose you're ever thinking about serving the churches in Pakistan, are you? Because there's a woman here who claims to have contacts there. And Melissa and I were like, well, this is perfect. So one thing led to another that led to another. And do you know, last year alone, 5,000 600 people were able to explore a faith with Jesus through going through Alpha in Pakistan because of that connection. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will open up a way. So shall we pray? Let's pray right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you touch the lives of everyone watching this right now? Thank you, Lord, that you call us to do good, to dwell richly in your presence. Thank you, Lord, to delight ourselves in you and to bring all of our questions and decisions before you. And for those watching this right now that need discernment, that need guidance and wisdom, we just pray that that weight, that stress, that burden would be rolled off your shoulders right now, off your mind, 
commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He'll make it clear. You're not going to miss it. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.